It's time for Smack Talk Live, Raw and SmackDown reviews for the week of February 13, 2017. In his car driving, Tony Colombo. What's up, bud? <laughs> What's going on, Dennis Farrell? Good to talk with you. Um, I almost sent you a tweet this week that said, Hey, at Dennis Farrell. You may have to take care of the raw reviews from this point on because I don't think I can watch this show anymore. And then as angry as I was with Raw and as terrible as I thought the WWE's creative was and how they were just completely out of touch, then they give us SmackDown, which wasn't perfect. I'm not going to say it was perfect, but shows you that at least somebody there knows how to book a strong wrestling show. So I'm excited to talk about these two uh, shows this week, this uh, Valentine's week, and really point out the difference between the two, at least in my eyes. All right. uh, My overall review of Raw was it was better than it has been at times. There was some very curious booking because – you know, we won't go segment through segment. Uh, Roman Reigns clashes with the club. It was one of those things uh, that was not very exciting. Uh, well, but here, but here, let me say this: on that segment, and I agree, we don't need to pick up. We don't need to go moment by moment through a three-hour show, especially when so much of it's filler and boring. But that opening segment, this is the tag team champions. They're supposed to be the most vicious, dominant, brutal team in the world. They dominated Japan. They've dominated everywhere they've been. Now they're here in the WWE to wreak havoc. They've not. They've been booked terribly. Now they're starting to rehab their image. They give them the tag team titles. But these two men, the champions of the tag team division, the most vicious team in the world, are pumped out by one guy, beat up and pumped up, Punked out by one guy. How weak is the whole division in comparison? If if the mo- if the number one team in the tag division just get beat up by one by one man, I so frustrated with the Super Roman Reigns. I'm so sick of it. I I, I get angry at the creative that he's at all costs. We'll bury anybody on the roster. We'll bury anybody in the company to book Roman Reigns strong. And then on SmackDown, you've got John Cena for the good of the company and for the good of the show taking a clean pin in the main event at the end at the end of the show. You think that is John Cena – now next week is everybody going to go, well, John Cena is no good. There's no reason to think he's still strong. No. So why can't Roman Reigns ever show weakness? All right. Do they really believe that he's that if he shows one crack of weakness that uh, that it, it ruins everything for him? It's so unrealistic and it's so terrible. First there of all, there you go. First of I all, I told you I was <laughs> I told you I was mad at Rob. First of all, Sweet Pea, you could almost take anything you wanted in the, what you just said, take out Gallows and Anderson, and put in American Alpha because they're being booked the same way. Uh, when they're on TV, it's it to me, it's equal booking for these two. I, I almost think you were starting to see more mirror booking. The two tag teams have been booked horribly. 
that you have women's championships changing hands like that same week. I, I'm starting to worry that you're going to start seeing some copycat stuff. But let's let's stick to Raw real quick. Uh, Kofi and Bo Dallas yep. was stupid. Uh, stupid. Yeah, it was stupid. Uh, Emelina, Waste of time. Waste I tell you, of time. Tell you what, the Emelina thing, I was very, very entertained with. The fact that she comes out and is like, I'm going away and rebranding back to my old. Uh, you know, there was the internet rumors that WWE was kind of just trolling the fans. This was more of it, and I enjoyed it. I think it's fun, and I was having fun with it, and I thought, oh, she, you're paying her. You might as well do something with her, and, you know, this is this is actually Raw being a little bit creative here. Well, why not let her wrestle? I don't know. Maybe, maybe she's hurt. Maybe she's training, but either way, I think this was creative, and I liked it. I like what they're doing with Emelina. Yeah, I just... I feel like the the raw women's division is so is so weak right now and so top heavy and you've got a performer like Emma that could be in a really good secondary storyline and bringing some more interest to the division and maybe you can have a, a decent secondary women's feud going on instead of the new day uh, feuding over blueprints to a candy or an ice cream bar I mean why not? You're right. You're paying her. Let her do something. How about let her wrestle? I believe that she was cleared to wrestle in August, if I'm not mistaken. It was so long ago that she was cleared to wrestle. I don't know. Let her wrestle. That's, I mean, there's, again, just what a waste. You had uh, some, you know, uh, lightweight stuff, which I have zero interest in, so we're skipping over. The building of Braun Strowman now has has moved up a notch where they're now turning Mark Henry and the Big Show into jobbers to this guy. Um, yep. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they're doing with them or who they're propping him up to, but they're doing a good job of building the believability that this guy is the strongest guy. My fear guy. is that they're building him up to feed him to Roman Reigns. Let's make Braun Strowman look as strong as possible. And make him look uh, like this unstoppable dom- dominant force. And then when Roman beats him at Fastlane, it'll make Roman look even better by comparison. I don't think that's I, what I'm afraid of. I happening. don't think we see Roman win at Fastlane. We'll do our prediction show, but yeah, we will. I, let's keep going because I want to spend a little bit more time on SmackDown this week, and we're sure. limited time here. Uh, mm-hmm. The Samoa Joe interview, decent. Uh, it does a build, good job of moving forward of what he is and why he's doing. Sami Zayn and Rusev was Sami Zayn and Rusev. It wasn't anything. Uh, it, it was good for that show in general. It was something you know. You had the cruiserweights again. Once it just once again they are just alienated and don't seem part of the show. And now, well, hold on a second. I want to. I do want to talk for just a second about Samoa Joe and Sami Zayn. Yes. Because I actually thought I actually thought that Sami Zayn and Rusev was a pretty good match. I thought they both did well. I thought Sami looked great. I thought Rusev looked strong in defeat. Um, I liked the interview with Samoa Joe. That's the Samoa Joe that we need to have. Mm-hmm. Um, again. SmackDown, with with the way they booked Bray Wyatt this week, showed that the WWE is capable of having a heel and a big role not have to result to cowardly tactics to win a fight. 
And that's the kind of heel that Samoa Joe needs to be. He was that way when he was introduced. He was that way last night. But, of course, in his first match against Roman Reigns, he he was about to get beat. He needed it to take care. He needed to use heel tactics and sneaky ways to win. Samoa Joe has never been a sneaky way to win guy. Not in ROH, not in TNA, and not in NXT. He's always been booked as a big, bad monster that doesn't need anybody's help, and, I, and I'm here to destroy you. But as soon as he gets to the main roster, his very first match, we see him being booked like the cowardly heel, like that we've seen so many times, that needs help to win. And I just hate it. Now, did they get things back on track last night? That was a great interview. I hope so. But if they start using Samoa Joe the way that they did Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins and every other freaking heel champion or big-name heel on Raw, then it's going to be a complete waste of this guy finally getting to the main roster. Um, the Festival of Friendship was amazing. This may have been the best Raw interview segment in easily four or five years. I was entertained. You knew something was going to happen. It didn't happen. You kept waiting. You kept waiting. And then Kevin Owens gives Chris Jericho his gift. And it's the gift of a beating. I, yes. I, I was entertained. I loved it. I, I you know... I saw someone post this on Twitter, and I wish I could remember who it was to give him proper credit, but someone just said, oh, my gosh, we just seen a heel turn heel. Right, right. Yeah, I loved it. I'm with you. Everything about the Festival of Friendship was great. Uh, if I had to make one critique, and it's you know, it's very minor, um, I would have done this after Fastlane to build it up to WrestleMania. I would like to see that kind of thing happen right before, a couple weeks before WrestleMania, and really focus whatever's going to happen on WrestleMania. Now, maybe they have an even better idea. Maybe they did this now so they can, uh, you know, make Fastlane the first step, or you know, incorporate the next couple weeks and then Fastlane into this into this feud, and it's going to be better for it. Maybe. I think um, it will because so if, yeah, go ahead. If I'm a writer, I'm writing Chris Jericho off TV until Fastlane. And during the Fastlane match, I have Chris Jericho come out. I, I might even have, you know, Owens, like, kind of give him the old-school beg, like, hey, I'm sorry, let's let's take care of this and work it out. Jericho, take care of Owens. Uh, Goldberg wins. And then you go Jericho-Owens. Yeah, I think, I mean, I think it's all building Jericho and Owens at WrestleMania. I don't know how, I don't know how you get there. But, yeah, I mean... Good money is still on Goldberg winning at Fastlane, taking the title, and then Owens and Jericho blowing everything off at WrestleMania. Uh, you so know, we'll have to see. The rest of the show was very forgettable. Uh, up until the very end, the Charlotte Bailey match, which why on earth would even now that I guess the rumor is Bailey's going to have to give up the belt this Monday on Raw, but you just stole a very a very sweet emotional moment at, at, at WrestleMania. If you had Bill, Bailey win the belt, like you're not teasing us. This isn't, you know, was it uh WWF when Chris Jericho beat uh triple H and then was forced to hand over the belt. But we all thought Chris Jericho finally had his championship. This isn't that moment. I, and I think you stole 
what could have been a phenomenal emotionally invested moment from WrestleMania with Bailey. I, I couldn't agree more. I'm almost as angry about the women's finish uh, or, or what is going to happen going forward that, as I am about Roman Reigns. To, to We've me, said it before. We, well, go ahead. To, to me, you, you might as well let Charlotte keep the belt at WrestleMania and keep that streak going because you're not going to get the emotional moment. And the the you might the Charlotte winning again keeps at least her WrestleMania you know pay per view winning streak going. Yeah, what I don't know about that. I, I'm so sick of the of the pay per view winning streak. I'm so sick of the women's title being hot potatoed all over the place. Uh, yeah, the writing's on the. But again, I know it's wrestling, and I know the rules don't matter in wrestling. But. It, Suspend my disbelief a little bit. Mm-hmm. If they're going to take the belt away from Bailey because Sasha's interference, and uh, do you just completely ignore the fact that Dana Brooke got involved before Sasha, so it's actually completely even? And in every other wrestling match, when this type of thing happens, it, there's no repercussions. But okay, there's going to be in this one because Stephanie McMahon is so evil. And oh my God, how compelling is this to have a. Uh, uh, an authority figure that's such a heel. I've never seen anything like this before. Oh, wait a minute. Only for the last 20 freaking years on Raw. So boring, so predictable, so terrible. Um, The belt just keeps going back and forth. Charlotte's going to win it back again before WrestleMania. She'll probably lose it again at WrestleMania and then win it back. She's already, what, a four-time champion in a year? She'll soon be a five-time champion, and I'll bet a six-time champion before the summer gets here. I mean, it's so bad. The women's division on Raw is so bad, and it doesn't have to be. Because as we saw in that main event, a main event on Raw, Charlotte and Bailey, the match was amazing. They tore it up. But the creative is so terrible that it makes it impossible to watch. They're going to, yeah, they're going to strip the belt, I bet. And, you know, Stephanie's going to try to get all this heat. And they think they're building sympathy for Bailey, but they're not. They're just building the wrong kind of heat for the show and for the authority figures. They should have let, they should have just let Dana Brooke interfere and have Bailey lose. And let Bailey keep chasing until she gets that big moment at WrestleMania where she beats Charlotte clean, breaks the streak, wins the title, overcomes the odds, and there you go. Instead, they just jump to conclusions, give it to Bailey, and start a terrible, another terrible storyline. Let's hot potato over the SmackDown where that show opens up with Bray Wyatt coming out, then John Cena where. This is a different John Cena that I absolutely hate. The old, no, dude, nobody deserves it. Like, stop. Really, John Cena? <laughs> really, stop being an a-hole. Let, let them have it. Look, I don't like it when the crowd yell, chants you deserve it, but I'll be damned if I'm going to listen to John Cena tell someone that they don't deserve to be champ. They have to earn it. It, it turns into a triple threat match where we saw Luke Harper come out and interfere at the very beginning. Uh, I actually thought this match wasn't going to happen when he popped up and started attacking Bray, so I was very shocked when they started the match without Bray Wyatt. I was, I, I, I was a little dumbfounded, like, what? Yeah, I was too. I thought that was their way out of not giving us that this match 
today or and, last night. And then when and, they started um, it, and then when they started but, it, I kind of thought started getting the feeling like, are they going to take the belt off Bray already? Yeah, I, I did too, which was great because we were compelled. We didn't know what was going to happen. We were interested. And like I said earlier, how about a heel champion that got attacked before the match is still able to fight an entire match with John Cena and AJ Styles, not have to cheat to win, and gets a clean victory at the end. How much better was that to watch than what we see every week in the women's division on Raw and what we see every week with Roman Reigns on Raw and what we see every week with guys like Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, who's been completely ruined. Um, It's just so much better. The way that they do things on SmackDown is just so much better. And does anybody leave that show yesterday thinking, well, yeah, it was cool to see Wyatt win, but now they've really damaged AJ Styles and John Cena. No! John Cena and AJ Styles are still John Cena and AJ Styles, and they are still as strong as they were going in. There was no damage done to anybody. There was only good things done to Bray Wyatt by letting him get a clean victory and not have to cheat to win. He looks like a strong, legit heel champion. Any time during that match were you expecting to see Randy Orton RKO him? No, not during the match. I thought <clears throat> I was hoping that we would that we would get something after the match, which we did, um, which was awesome. A little bit later, we'll uh, get to that here in a minute. Yeah, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, I was hoping because with SmackDown, it's a little more you know when it's going off the air than you do with Raw because Raw can bleed over and you never know quite when it's going to be over. You know that SmackDown's over at the top of the hour. Right. So I didn't know if we were going to run out of time. I was hoping that we would see something with Randy Orton on the show, um, and we hadn't seen him yet. And so when there was still time to do something, and I think it it, it seemed to me like, because it was a really good match going on, and then it just ended. It seemed to me like the somebody, you know, called into the ref and said, hey, we gotta get the. We gotta start this segment right now. We're gonna run out of time. And he said to the guys, like, "Hey, go home. Sister Abigail, get out of here. We gotta get this thing going." Yeah. <laughs> because it had been a great match. Everybody's kicking out of finisher after finisher, and then all of a sudden, boom, bang, it's over. Um, let, but that was fine. It was still a great match. Let's. Um, let's I, I'm fine with it. Let's skip through the rest of this so we can talk about this. And that's where the money is. The American Alphas continued yeah. to bury the Ascension in an untitled match. Uh, that was a that was a good match, but I felt bad for the Ascension. Baron Corbin comes out and attacks Dean Ambrose, who had a match against the Chinless Wonder. That's uh, just, uh, but Baron Corbin comes out and just destroys him. Uh, yeah. Looked Baron Corbin looked awesome. Yes, he looked he looked when he came when he walked through that the the back dragging Dean Ambrose um, by his collar. Uh, Dean Ambrose had been looking for Baron Corbin all show, couldn't find him. He wanted his exact revenge for what happened in Elimination Chamber. And, you know, and then then Dean said, you know, Daniel Bryan lets Dean Ambrose blow off some steam. He says, well, you have unresolved issues with uh, James Ellsworth. And you guys are both back here kind of doing this dumb argument because the whole dumb Carmella angle. 
uh, go out there and have a match and blow off steam. And you think, well, you're going to watch Dean Ambrose just throw uh, James Ellsworth, Ellsworth around for a few minutes. Instead, he doesn't come out when he's introduced. And then when he finally does come out, he's being drugged by the collar by Baron Corbin, who looked awesome. And then Dean Ambrose got some, you know, got a little bit of life back in him. And they put on a pretty good little fight until uh, Baron Corbin just had, smashed him through um, some tables and uh, production equipment uh, alongside the ramp. So I thought that was a really good, I mean, obviously, James, the James Ellsworth Carmelo stuff is bad and, and hard to watch. But... What they're doing with Baron and Dean, I thought was really good. I, I got to say, the quote of the night came from Ambrose to Ellsworth, where he's like, you know she's using you, right? Like, we all know it. Uh, <laughs> right, right. He Be- said, like, let me give you a nickel's worth of advice or something like yeah. that. Uh, Becky and uh, Becky and James went at it again. That was not a uh, horrible match. Uh, Mickey James defeats Becky. This continues their feud. They move on. Alexa Bliss interrupts Naomi, which I thought was great because I guess Naomi's hurt. I don't know if this is real or not because I'm not a dirt cheat guy. But uh, she's out in a knee brace, so she didn't realize it until she got to the hotel. Bliss is like, I'm going to give you one one week to heal up because I'm taking that belt from you. So uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm calling in my rematch clause next week. Yeah. I, very hillish, very great. They're booking Bliss amazing. So uh, I'm, I, I enjoyed that segment a lot. And then you know we went on to uh, we went on to see the uh, John Cena Styles Bray Wyatt where they ended. Now I'm looking. Yeah, at let the- me let me say this real quick before yes. we get to the end. Let me just say this real quick. Um, the tag team division you mentioned American Alpha and Ascension earlier. The tag team division on both shows is maybe the worst thing on both shows. I don't understand with all these great tag teams and all this great talent why you can't get have good compelling matches in a good division. So that's number one. Uh, number two, what we saw uh, just a little bit with Nikki, Bella, and Natalia in a backstage segment talking about uh, setting up what's going to be a Falls Count Anywhere match. Uh, that's that's what Daniel Bryan has decided to do to blow this thing off because these guys fight everywhere they go no matter you know what is happening and they can't keep it in the ring. So that was good. Uh, Becky and Mickey, like you mentioned, that match was really good. It was a little 50-50 booking, but that's okay because they've sort of been 50-50 fighting. You know, you kind of think that both of them could win at any time. And then what Alexa did with with um, uh, uh, Naomi was was really good. Good heel, heel work, like you said. So the women's division on SmackDown, two or three storylines going on right now, all compelling good stuff. Uh, secondary feuds on SmackDown, all compelling good stuff. It just was so much better top to bottom than Raw. And then the end was really cool, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. So go ahead and set that up. There was four minutes, three minutes left in the show, and I was like, they're not going to get to this this week. Okay, which will make me watch next week. And then all of a sudden, out comes Randy Orton. Slow, methodical, stares down Bray Wyatt, right? They're staring at each other. And I'm thinking, here it comes. Here, he, he's he's going to swerve him. Then he's like, I'm not going to fight you. I'm a believer. You've led me to the promised land. I, I'm denouncing my title shot. And I go, what? All right. Well, here comes Eric Hale, right? He's going to turn around and... 
He's turning it around, and they're just teasing it and teasing it, and I'm just holding my breath, and it never came. Like, they pose as the show goes off the off the air. Yeah. And if you watch their after show, uh, they, they even announced that there's going to be a number one contender battle royal for the WrestleMania spot. So I don't know where this is going, but I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. I, I loved it. Nobody saw it coming. Um, I can't wait to see what the next step is. And the words, Randy Orton's words were great because they were very Wyatt family-ish. He comes out and he says, you know, like you said, slow and methodically says, I won the Royal Rumble and all the spoils that come along with it. But as long as you're the master and I'm the servant, I will not... I will not fight you for that title. And then Bray Wyatt does his Bray Wyatt laugh and says, you just got the keys to the kingdom, my brother. I mean, like, it was so Wyatt. It was so great. It was so unexpected. And what a great way for it to go off the air. And, yeah, I uh, do I think it's real? No, I still think, well, I still think we're going to see Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton somehow at WrestleMania but the road to WrestleMania just got a whole lot more fun with, like you said, I think it's going to be every week. I think everybody's going to be doing what you were doing last night, just watching Randy Orton's every move going, okay, when's he going to do it? When's he going to do it? When's he going to RKO Bray? When's he going to hit Bray? And, and every week that he doesn't, it's going to get, it's going to build it even more and more. They're onto something, I think, and it's fun to watch. It, there's a few things in my mind that can happen here. You have a triple threat match where at the end of the storyline, right before WrestleMania, you know, Orton comes out and says, I didn't sign anything. I just said it. So I don't know what you guys are doing. Uh, and then inserts himself back in. I can see that. And, you know, what if. This is real. What if Randy Orton really isn't going to wrestle at WrestleMania and is given it right. up? This even, is... even crazier. Even crazier and even, like, you've, I'm watching. No matter what happens, I'm, you got me. Could, could you? When did, I, didn't, I didn't hear about the Battle Royal. When is that? Did they say when it was happening? I, I think it's this next coming week on SmackDown. Wow, okay. Because I was thinking if, it, if, they, if that Battle Royal was a few weeks off, we could see a situation where the battle royal starts and nobody counts heads and doesn't realize that there's only 19 guys in the ring. And then at the very end, Randy Orton pops up in the ring, wins that battle royal, and, you know, it's back on for WrestleMania. But if it's next week, that that's not going to happen. I, you know, I don't know how, where, when this thing goes, but if I'm a writing... I, I leave him off WrestleMania or have him have a role for Bray to keep his belt because that way when Randy Orton pops out, he will be the, you know, I was a victim, I was brainwashed, and I had my WrestleMania moment taken away from me. And and I, people will get behind him because of that reason. Yeah, I you're right, but I don't think, I think heel Randy is better. And I think that he's not going to be brain- – I don't think at the end of this he's going to come out and say I was brainwashed. I think I think eventually it's all going to be calculated, and he's going to look like the snake that had it, that had his plan the whole time and had patience to sell it and make it work 
and look what I've done to you. I've destroyed your family. I've destroyed your title reign. I've proven, you know, that I am the most venomous snake serpent, as Bray Wyatt called him, that's ever lived in the WWE. And I think that's the way it's going to go down. And I think that's awesome. And I because I wouldn't be surprised at the end of this if if Bray Wyatt isn't a babyface. No, that that you can't yeah. do that with him. Well, I don't want I don't want Randy Orton to be the babyface. Babyface Randy Orton is boring. Yes. Heel Randy Orton is a lot of fun. So you got to turn one of them at some point. Here's what because I... they're going to explode. They're going to break up, and the fans are going to take sides. And whether you like it or not, one of them's going to turn into a babyface. So as, I'd much rather it be Bray Wyatt than Randy Orton. As we wrap this up, I'll say this: you know, Bray Wyatt knows he's a snake of the grass. He said it in a promo. He says he knows he's going to turn on him. I would love, since you know Bray's the younger, upcoming, the champion, I would love at the end of this that Bray gets the best of Randy. Like, Randy thinks he split the family up. Randy is celebrating. And then Bray's like, you've not, got, you've not done anything. Turn around. And boom, the Whites are there and just takes them down. I would, I would geek out for that. Just let Randy, you know, not go over on Bray. I think, that's, I think that is what will happen. I think that is what will happen. I think in the end, I don't think Randy Orton walks away with the title, but I think he reveals his plan of this all along. I was here to destroy you and your family and everything else. But I think in the end, when he finally does turn, Bray still somehow is able to hold on to the title and stay on top. And I, I really think that in doing so, he becomes a babyface. And... Uh, Orton looks, you know, he he looks good in the fact that he was able to commit to this deception and um, was successful in at least breaking up Ray and Luke, who maybe get back together at the end, but ultimately isn't able to pull off the, you know, isn't able to finish off the whole plan at the end. I think that's the way it's going to end up going. That would be my prediction right now. Um, but obviously it could go anyway. And I'm just, you know, I know we're out of time. And so the, the message is they got it right on SmackDown. It's not perfect. The tag team division is bad. They've got the, the, the James Ellsworth stuff is bad. And Dolph Ziggler and Kalisto and Apollo Crews. And, you know, those, those guys are lost and they need some help. But hmm. overall, SmackDown is just such a more compelling better written, more fun show than Raw. And I am just getting beyond frustrated with the way they do things on Raw. And I, every week I'm impressed by what they do on SmackDown. And so that's uh, how we end this Valentine's Week review, at least my part of it. And my hatred for John Cena gross, just from that one promo. I, I like John <laughs> Cena until he was like, yeah, gosh, that's, that's the closest to Hill John Cena will ever come. But he was a douchebag. Yeah. That's he came yeah, up. I like, don't. I don't really like that that style of John Cena either. But it does not bother me nearly as much as it bothers you. All right, tell people where they can find you. I work for a radio station in St. Louis, FM News Talk ninety-seven point one. We put all of these Smack Talk Live podcasts on our radio station website, which is nine seven one talk dot com slash Colombo. So it's our website, and then my last name is where you can find every episode of the show, 971talk.com 
slash Columbo. You can also follow me, and I'm always ready to talk wrestling on Twitter, um, or I would love to hear feedback on these shows, what you like, what you don't like. Uh, Dennis is so nice mm. and so much better to listen to than Tony, who's just a dick that hates everything. I, I get that. And yeah. come tell me that on Twitter at good. Tony Colombo 971 at Tony Colombo 971 on Twitter. What about you, my partner, Dennis Farrell? You can find me on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell. Head over to the Smack Talk Live Facebook page, which has been slowly blowing up as we just started a week or so ago and we're well over 50 Facebook likes. Uh, so come. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So, and since we were like sitting at eight for like eight likes for like a week or two, but uh, we're, we're posting articles, we're posting shows, I'm asking questions. I want you guys to come be part of the community, uh, talk with us. It's not me telling you you're wrong, it's sharing opinions and changing each other's mind. And in a safe community to talk wrestling without being yelled at for your spelling or your punctuations. Uh, it's a great little community that we're growing over there. So go be part of that and uh, go over to the SoundCloud. Go over to iTunes and Stitcher. You can take the show with you on the road. You can find our Raw and SmackDown reviews. You can find our top 10 list called the 10s. Those are timeless. You can listen to them anytime. Tony, I'll see you a little bit later to record the 10s this week, too. Yeah, looking forward to that. We'll have a 10s for you coming up soon. We'll have our weekly review, as we that, like you just listened to. We'll have that for you coming next week. And then, of course, I can't wait for our Fast Lane preview and review shows. And then it's going to all really be a lot of fun as we continue down the road to WrestleMania. And we get to do preview shows for that big event and then all the fallout from wrestlemania and uh the raw and smackdown to follow so this is a good time to be a wrestling fan it's a good time to join this brand new podcast and these two guys that just want to talk wrestling and it's a great time for us to have started this and a great time for you to have found us and be a part of it and please interact with us on twitter and facebook and everywhere that you can because we love this discussion i may join facebook dennis just to follow our page because i am not on facebook come on do it then i might do it i really might good so we need all the likes we can um yeah yeah absolutely so just thanks to everybody who who tunes in and listens uh wherever you're listening at keep an eye on that channel because we'll have another episode up for you uh before you know it so let's wrap things up right here for my partner dennis phil my name is tony colombo thanks for joining us for another episode of smack talk live and we'll see you all again really soon thanks guys